You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back. Hour two. It is The Big Show in the morning with Russick and Rose. George Russick away. He'll be back on Tuesday. My name is Matt Rose. Across from me is Logan Gordon today. Hi, gorgeous. And in the other room, Alex Brody and Patty Dumas running the ship. Very happy to go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our next guest. His name is Glenn Healy. You know him, you love him from his playing career and then his broadcasting career as well. And now doing something special and important with the NHL is the NHL and the NHLPA and the Canadian Cancer Society. Well, they make a great team and they have since 2017 and this year they have joined forces to bring the hockey world the same team campaign uh, and Glenn, definitely a part of this as well. Glenn, good morning. How are you today? Well, it was a bit of a stretch when you said they loved me for my playing career. <laughs> because I, there's a whole bunch of Leaf fans calling in going, no, no, <laughs> didn't love them. Maybe a like, you know, maybe click on that uh, Facebook or something. But no, yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. I am doing good. And you're bang on. We do have a wonderful campaign that uh, we all believe back in 17 when I first came on board. Are we not better and bigger as one team together versus each individually trying to create the right message and help and hope for a bunch of people that are given the most devastating news with three words? You have cancer. Mm -hmm. And so we, we initiated a program together on one team, same team, and I really believe we are stronger as a group with the, the current players, the alumni, the NHL. It's, a, it's afflicted everybody. It doesn't care if you're a center iceman or a defenseman or a winger or a goalie. and care if you have $100 million in the bank. It doesn't discriminate against anybody, but it affects all of us. Many people probably saw the emotional video that went into this with a bunch of NHL superstars, plus you have some cancer survivors. Um, you had the Hall of Famers, Guy LaFleur, Mike Bossy, and Dale Howarchuk were all in the video as well. Can you just talk a little bit about how this has all come together and the support that you're getting? Because like like this video kind of lays out, this is everybody. This is current players, past players. This is everybody on the same team. Yeah, and I, you know, there there are players that you know they begin their journey at the NHL, they achieve their goal, their dream, and they're given those three most devastating words. You know, one of our greatest players, Mario Lemieux, uh, you know, had to leave the game for a while to to get healthy, and so you know, it affects pretty much everybody, whether you're currently are playing or you you did play in the past. But the program to me just highlights the kind of the greatness of this family, this hockey family that stick together and want to send a message to people that maybe aren't in the spotlight and aren't on Hockey Night in Canada or don't get on Sportsnet Calgary, but are, their voice is just as important. So that help and that hope we want to provide together, and if it's a video that creates more awareness and it's our greats, because we've lost some pioneers, Tony Esposito, yep. pancreatic cancer, he went down quickly and hard, Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, Gila Fleur, I mean, it was tough setting up palliative care for the flower. Like, these are our greats. They, they paved the roads for the current guys to drive on them. And so, you know, devastating for our hockey family. But it, it just seems, and maybe I'm, I'm certainly no doctor, but through COVID, you know, with mm. wait times at hospitals and with what we've gone through in our medical system, 
it seems like it's it's more prevalent now than it's ever been, and maybe people are just ignoring the symptoms and the signs. But but we're not. We're trying to be proactive and proactive with this campaign. I'll, I'll say this too with the NHL. For the first time ever, they opened up their locker rooms when the current players were getting medicals for alumni to go in. Whether you played in Calgary or you didn't play in Calgary, the Flames opened up their doors, and you could go get your medical. Mm. And we caught a bunch of stuff, mm. a bunch of cancer stuff, a bunch of heart stuff. We caught a bunch of stuff that we would never have caught if not for teams and the league, Batman, Daly, Colin Campbell, opening up their doors for players to look under the hood. And uh, just a small... Uh, uh, kind of a thing from the league to do for us, but it saved players' lives. How do you get to that point? Because that's obviously a, a monumental kind of change, and to find anything earlier than later is always beneficial. So how did it get to this point? This is this is huge for alumni players. Well, it got to it with a number of talks we had with the general managers. They have a meeting each year a couple times, and and we got ourselves in front of them, and the message was pretty clear to the GMs, which is, you know, there always is an ask at the end of meetings, right? You know, I need more money for my salary, or, uh, you know, I need more money for our federation, whatever it is. And, And my ask was nothing. I didn't want anything other than their voice. Because all the general managers, as they sit in a position of power and have that voice, uh, they can use it. Before, they're all getting fired, every one of them, just letting you know. <laughs> so while you're in that position of power, use your voice and make a difference. And they did. They collectively got together. And I would, I would give the, the first start of Colin Campbell, ex-player, works with the league, been around a long time, but he was one who really, really felt it was important to initiate this. And on the heels of a, a, another great player that played in your city, Brian Marchment, sure. who we lost this year, if we had known, could we have made a difference? Yes. And so we're going to. And we're doing it on the same team with the PA, the league, in our own little world. But could we not do that with, with everybody that is uh, battling through stuff and just wants tomorrow better than today? So it's it's a little bit of a different uh, setup. But here Friday in Calgary, there's a men's health comedy show called The Blue Ball. It's in support of the Prostate Cancer Center of Calgary. And uh, it... it one of the things that's going to be there as well is the man van, which is on site performing PSA tests for men over 40 and additional health measurements. Like we just talked about, the NHL has done some great work to have these tests available to alumni, but for other people, for just the general public, this is important too, to go out and make sure that you're at least aware of potentials that could be down the road for yourself. Well, when I was a player, I, I knew, I knew this, I was, Going to get my medical every year, first day of camp. Yeah. I knew when it was. First day of camp. I mean, I tried to avoid it many times. Because <laughs> at the end, especially, I was like physically breaking down. I thought, oh, I hope they don't find that shoulder injury. <laughs> Ooh, the knee's not very good either, and I probably need my hip replaced. So I did get that done. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and why is, why is Glenn coming into uh, training camp with crutches? Well, just don't worry about it. Uh, but anyways, I knew when it was. And then I retired. Then it was whenever I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. which was never for a long time. I'm fine. No different than when I played. I feel good. Everything looks good. The paint job looks wonderful. The mirrors are all nice and clean. Bumpers, no scratches. Everything looks fine. Then you lift up the hood and you go, oh, boy, 
you better take care of some of the stuff you got to take care of. And, and that's, that is so true. Uh, and particularly with men, I don't know if we're stubborn, stoic, stupid, like whatever you want to come up with, with us, mm-hmm. we sometimes just ignore things and, and, and don't pay attention to them, you know, and Adele Howard Chucker is a good, a good example. Again, if he had had that medical to go to Toronto instead of Winnipeg, could we have found something with Ducky? Probably. So I just think I encourage everybody, go get checked, uh, get your medicals done. I know it's tougher with COVID. I know the wait times are longer, but if you can get to some of these problems early and be proactive, then you don't have to get reactive. And that's what we're trying to do with our group. Uh, we don't have medical care in the U.S. for a lot of our players, so we are trying to improvise, and we're scraping and stealing and boring and do whatever we can to make sure for a player that second journey is as great as the first one when you played in the NHL. We're chatting with Glenn Healy, uh, part of the partnership between the NHLPA, NHL alumni, NHL, and the Canadian Cancer Society, and part of the same team campaign here on The Big Show uh, with Rusick and today, Matt Rose and Logan Gordon. Glenn, one of the uh, one of the men featured in the video is one that I always think of when I I think of, of cancer and affecting sports and coming back and forth, and that's Saku Koivu, uh, one of the great stories of, of him coming back to play, and I remember that first night that he came back and the, the emotion and everything attached to it. I think that's you know the good side of it, the great story of it, but you know there's a lot of other ones that we don't talk about and don't see enough of. Uh, I guess just how important is it for you guys to spread this message to players while they're playing and sort of before they even become alumni in a sense? Well, you're right. I can recall when Saku came back. I cried like a little baby on the yeah. couch. I mean, tears rolling down my eyes. How could thinking. you not? I, it was just so emotional. And then, you know, a guy that I played with in New York who helped us to win a cup, Eddie Olachek. And uh, we always have a, a, a man of the year every year we pick an alumni that's done great things on and off the ice. And our, we have a Courage Award, and our Courage Award a number of years back was Eddie Olachek. And he was given those three most devastating words, you have cancer, and it was hard. Uh, chemo was hard, and at one point he thought, I'm quitting. Like, this, this sucks, and I, I can't do this. And it was his wife who sat him down and said, so you're quitting on me and the kids. Is that what you're doing? And he got up, and he dusted himself off, and he went, you know, F you cancer, and went and beat it. So, yeah, I mean, these are great stories. It, hopefully we can inspire everybody and to do what you guys are doing. You're talking about it, right? We're not talking about, you know, good matchups and stick in the lane and forecheck and blah, 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 who cares? We're talking about important things in life. And so, yeah, the awareness is getting there. Uh, people are, are, are doing things to make a difference. You guys are, and we're trying to do it in our small little way. And so, but there's two great stories. And, and Eddie O didn't quit. He got up, and he is doing his thing now. He's with the Kraken. I don't know how the heck he ended up there, but he's with the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and Eddie was one of those guys in our locker room. You know, Mike Keenan was a coach, so Mike hated everybody, and Eddie was just one of the many on the I hate you bus. And, uh, and all Eddie did for the most part during the year was he led the stretch, and at the end of the team stretch he would say, grab an oar, and it was heave-ho, heave-ho, heave-ho. That's on our Stanley Cup ring. So it meant enough for us to put it on our damn ring. Yeah. And, and Eddie meant enough for us to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to, to be that guy who took, didn't care if he had 600 goals in the league, didn't care if he was a star, an all-star. He was going to play his part. And so 
big part of us winning and uh, really proud of the fact he stuck it in and fought. Uh, Glenn, you've been the president and executive director of the uh, Alumni Association since 2017. Uh, I'm just curious, how much has this been a focus of yours since taking over the job, getting involved with uh, a group like the Canadian Cancer Society and you know, making sure that this is something that the alumni all have access to and is something that they're you know, aware of? Well, the job really for all of us in, on our staff is pretty easy. Make tomorrow better than today. And every player transitions. I, I'm going to get Crosby. I hope it's tonight if he retires. That would be so good for us. Um, no, keep playing, Sid. I'm kidding. <laughs> but everyone retires. Not everyone transitions well. And so there's lots of parts to transition. You know, it, it's a, a short career and a long life. And that long life should be as good as the, as the short career where, we'll, you know, at 24, we'll never have a better job in our lives, ever. Like, think about that, you know. You might have your dream job now at 50, but at 24, it's over. It's all downhill from here, boys. And so we work to, to work through that transition. But even more important than that is develop a library of services for players where their families, their spouses, they can access uh, help and hope. And, you know, when you don't have your health, that's all you think about. If you don't have money, that's all you think about. But it, it is a tough change. You know, you you lose that interconnectivity with your teammates the phone stops ringing you're not a big shot anymore i mean that <laughs> i know that happened with me with hockey in canada so there you go and uh and then there's this lack of structure like my day with in the nhl was always full of structure you know 10:30 skate 11:30 bus you know you have your meal and you have your power play meeting your penalty kill meeting the anthem would be sung at 703 720 puck drop rinse and repeat well that structure is gone when you're finished playing and so a lot of guys get in the stream without a paddle. So we, we have to help through that. But more important, just at library services, I think that players deserve to help them through that, that next journey. And for some guys, it's a small speed bump, and they get through it. Other guys, it's uh, Delman Louise over the cliff a little bit. But, again, we're not the unwashed. We just try to get tomorrow better than today for a bunch of guys. And so it is a passion. It's a passion for our team. But make it clear, what makes this work, it's the players that make it work. And everyone that says, I want to help, from Wayne Gretzky to a guy who played and had a cup of coffee in Ottawa like Jason Zent, mm. they all want to help, every one of them. And not one has said, no, I'm, I'm too cool for school, I don't need this stuff, it's for someone else. Nobody has said that. That's what makes this work. Glenn Healy joining us on the big show here, uh, promoting the same team campaign, a partnership with the Canadian Cancer Society, the NHL, the NHLPA, and the NHL alumni. Glenn, some really great stuff here today. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one question that's kind of away from the big topic today. Um, I was listening to a recent episode, I believe it was 32 Thoughts, might have been Merrick's show, but they were talking about coaches that liked to pull goaltenders and they brought up Mike Keenan and they brought up Glenn Healy and Mike Richter the year that Mike Keenan was there. I just wonder, is that what did you feel the same? Did you feel like Mike liked to pull goaltenders? Well, I thought it was a little aggressive when he started pulling me in warm up. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's fair. Game starts, right? <laughs> uh, but no, you know, Ricky and I didn't have a goalie coach. It was just him and I. Mm. And we worked together on players and techniques and, and strategies and power plays. But we were also team psychologists for one another because it was a tough year. I'm telling you, we both knew that, hey, if we started, we might not finish. And if we didn't start, we could finish. We all knew that. 
but I do recall, and you guys should have given me the heads up, you're media savvy, but the one game in Long Island where I got pulled, and I I had a nickname called Headcase Healy sometimes, and I went completely berserk after getting pulled by Mike Richter, mm. or by uh, Mike Keenan. And uh, someone should have told me the camera's on the other side of the ice, and they're going to catch every word you say. Ooh. Probably would have had the heads up on that one. That was not a PG moment. But, uh, yeah, I can tell you that uh, we just grew accustomed to it. Uh, and when we went back for our 25th anniversary, and it was Mike and I and Mike Keenan standing. We were doing a Photoshop, and he decides to be funny and grab a stick and wrap it around Mike Richter and my neck as if he's pulling us. <laughs> so even he knows he's <laughs> an evil man. <laughs> However, uh, he was part of our team and helped us to win. And, uh, you know, as he said many times, right, win together and you walk together forever and we will. So, But I'm over all those moments. And uh, now any of the games I play, uh, if I want to stay in for two games in a row and never get leave, I can do that now. Yeah. I'm a beer league goalie. Yeah. Do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can have a, have, a, have a stinker, let Nate, no problem. Next yeah. start's yours, Glenn. Yeah, no worries. You met my buddies, score eight. What? <laughs> Eight years, not a chance. They stink. Ah, uh, glad it's been a, a fun chat and an important one as well. Keep doing this important work. Uh, we really appreciate it and, and look forward to our next chat. Great, thanks, guys, and thanks for the uh, the support and the message. And please, uh, you know, pay attention to these important things. And what you guys are doing is important by sending that message through to everybody. Thank you. Really appreciate glad it. Glad to help, Glenn. Take, Take care. care. Cheers. There you go. That is Glenn Healy. He joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winners. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered and find out why they've won it 14 times. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Or give them a call, 403-248-3344. And yes, of course, Glenn Healy uh, joining us to discuss the same team campaign. And I, I just went and fired hashtag same team into Twitter uh, while you were asking one of your questions there and just did a quick scroll. And it's powerful stuff. You know, it, if you've been watching the NHL at all this month, there has been a lot of the Hockey Fights Cancer Nights around varying arenas. I think the Flames have been part of three of them now, including their own at home. And uh, they're always very powerful moments and uh, a, a reminder because I think that, you know, we talk a lot about um, when we were doing the hospital home lottery, we were doing the Calgary Health Foundation. And in Calgary, there's probably much less than six degrees of separation between you and someone who needs those resources. It's very much the same when you talk about supporting the uh, Canadian Cancer Society. And this is a big month to raise awareness for that as well. Um, great chat with Glenn. He was outstanding. Yeah. You tell that guy's a former broadcaster and former NHLer. It's a good fit for the uh, Alumni Association. She's doing great stuff. Yeah, really good partner to have right now. Um, we are getting everybody set for the Flames and the Penguins tonight. We're also getting everybody set for the Canada and Belgium World Cup match at noon around the corner. Tommy Wielden Jr. is going to join us, but uh, we've also been taking texts all day on your motivational speeches. 960-960, fire it in. Uh, motivational speeches. We're getting a lot of the game of inches. Um, don't worry. That one will get some play at an important part of the show. Do not worry. Uh, we're going to get to that. Um, Zach Galifianakis and due date. That's a uh, kind of out of left field. Very, 
right on. I remember that speech. I, I've yeah, seen the movie. I've but seen I... the film, but it, it didn't resonate enough that I can exactly remember the speech. Maybe we'll look it up in the break. We'll try and pull that one up in the break and uh, see if that will. I've got uh, some here that people have been suggesting. I got the, okay. I got old schools. Uh, oh yeah. So we're gonna dive into composure. a whole a whole bunch of them at eight a.m. Uh, when we got an open segment and a little time to talk about it. But right now, I did want to play you one of my personal favorites. Um, uh, from a recent show that took the world by storm. That Teletubbies. <laughs> what? Recent oh. took the... Bro. Oh, sorry. Ted Lasso. Oh, obviously. that's way better. Yeah. And uh, one of just his... Uh, listen, the dart scene, incredible. But given <laughs> that it's it's an actual footy match we're getting ready for today, I, I chose to go this route instead. Uh, Alex, can you let that one rip? So I've been hearing this phrase y'all got over here. That I ain't too crazy about. It's the hope that kills you. Y'all know that? I disagree, you know? I think it's the lack of hope that comes and gets you. See, I believe in hope. I believe in belief. Now, where I'm from, we got a saying too. Yeah? It's a question, actually. Do you believe in miracles? Now, I don't need y'all to answer that question for me. But I do want you to answer that question for yourselves. Right now, do you believe in miracles? And if you do, then I want y'all to circle up with me right now. Come on, let's go. Get him in here. And then they got the new captain in, and, and he doesn't count to 12 properly, but they're all fired up, and it's very exciting, and, and then they go out and, and crush it. So, uh, yeah, Ted Lasso. There's a few of them. Ted where Lasso gets me every time. There's some emotional moments in that show. Just the draw and the way he says it. And they play that music. Like, when you hear those first couple notes, the piano, you're like, oh, great. Get get the tissue, babe. Yeah, if you've ever remembered, if you ever wondered, how, you know, where someone's value is in scoring music to different shows and movies, there's a perfect example of it. Yeah, like, can we can we, play, can we just play the start of that a little bit when the music starts to come in, Alex? And, and you're like, okay, this is... This is Get not the gonna... tissues out. Yeah. Well, I'm so I've been to... hearing this phrase y'all got over here that I ain't too crazy about. It's the hope that kills you. Y'all know that? I disagree. See, that, as you know? soon as it starts yeah. to, yeah, right I think there. It's lack yeah. of hope. Done. Gets you. See, Done. I believe in hope. I believe in belief. All right, that's enough. You can drop that. Very good, though. Ted Lasso, a great one. We're getting all sorts of uh, great recommendations. John Huffnagel from 2008. We'll dive into that a little bit later. We just got one for Aragorn's speech in The Return of the King, which I absolutely love because I finished uh, Rings of Power over the weekend. What a great show, by the way. And uh, I'm I'm going to lobby to get that one in at 8 a.m. as well. But we'll dive into a few of these. And uh, we got to get Patty Dumas' favorite still. Uh, before we get to eight o'clock, so keep sending them in nine six zero nine six zero. I bet you our next you guest has uh, a couple of those in his pocket. I can't wait to ask our next guest because I we think... should ask him to give a speech to Canada over the phone. Oh, I I don't want to put him on the spot I like guess. that. That's really yeah. hard on a phone. You know not what? In front of the guys. You know That's what we'll fair. do is we'll ask him to do it for the next game. Okay, we'll have him Friday. We'll ask him today, and we'll ask him to do it for the next game or the game after, because we're gonna do the we're gonna do some speeches today to get everyone jacked up for the game, and then we'll have to do something different later on because we can't just recycle the same bit three times in ten days. Like we we could, but we shouldn't. Um, so we won't. 
But around the corner, Tommy Wilden Jr. is going to join us, and uh, we'll chat a little bit of footy. That's next. It's the big show, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It's the big show in the morning with Russick and Rose Sands George Russick. Back on Tuesday. He's from Ontario. He's from Niagara. My name is Matt Rose. He's Logan Gordon, Patty Dumas, and Alex Brody. On the other side of the glass, watching a little footy. What do we got right now? Germany and Japan, a 1-0 lead as we go down. 1-0, that's a soccer term. As we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to talk to our friend and yours, Tommy Wielden Jr., the manager and head coach of Your Cavalry FC. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a little bit of a road trip coming up. Uh, Are are you on the road right now, Tommy? Uh, Not me. I'm not me. Leave on a family holiday uh, Thursday. Oh, there you go. There, okay, right on. So we got you at a normal, kind of normal human hour in the morning. That's okay. I like that. Um, Tommy, we have so much to talk about. Canada, Belgium. It's been what was the number? I think thirteen thousand days since Canada has played a World Cup match. What is your excitement level for Canada and Belgium this afternoon? I can't wait. There's there's watch parties left, right, and centre. It's a, it's a funny one because you know one that you want to go to these, but two, personally, when it comes down to big games, I'm the most boring person because I actually like to sit in my own house and just watch the game without being, you know, uh, talked to. I just like to concentrate on it. So I'm excited for it. You know, I've got players that you know I've seen either helped coach along the way or or played against so it's nice to see them on the international stage can't wait to see you know calgary native sam adekubi line up mm-hmm. against you kevin de bruyne's in belgium um potentially joel waterman who's a Cavs player as well he'll be in the squad doubt that he will start but you know when you see the players like that it just bodes well and you know the canada team has worked very very hard through Concacaf and deserve to be in moments like this playing against one of you know the world's best teams in belgium and I think one of the biggest questions around Canada going into the tournament was, were they going to be at full health? Was Alfonso Davies' hamstring going to allow him to yeah. pop off and use that elite speed that we know he possesses? And they've got a full squad. That, that's got to bode well for John Herdman. Well, massively, and especially given that you know Belgium will be without Romelu Lukaku, who's arguably one of the most dangerous strikers in the world, and he he always produces the goods for for Belgium. So you know that's that's one less worry to 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 think about for Canada. But having Alfonso Davies back, having Stefan Stachio back, and Milan Borjan, who's a, who's a pivotal leader of of the group, is so important because they're going to need that. I mean, the longer the game goes without any goals the more I think Canada will grow into it. It's important that they obviously start well. So it'll be interesting to see if they go and high-press them and, and, and put their energy up higher up the pitch or whether they sit back low and let Belgium have the ball in their own half and, and, and invite them on and use the pace in the back. I'm curious, how would you try and play against a Belgian team if this was your side? Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, me, I'm a fan of, of of the pressure and actually, you know, try and suffocate them and surprise the Belgians. But I can see John Herman doing a bit of um, uh, a bit of both. So he might, you know, go after them for a bit and then sit low and then fight them on and then go after them a bit. And I, I can see a, a change of formation. But you know, personally, first ten minutes, I always like that high energy. So uh, I'd like to disrupt the Belgians and not allow them to get into flow. And then, uh, yeah, allow them to come on a little bit and use the space that they leave behind them and the pace that Canada have to, to counter them. How important are the first 10 minutes or so of the match, Tommy, especially given that no one on this Canada team has been in this sort of situation before in a World Cup? 
I think they're huge. And the reason being is you want to take the fear out of the players or the nervousness out of them. I'm sure, you know, they're, they're, they're going to the game and putting the music on. They'll have done all the right prep. I know John Herdman's a master at headset, right? But still, if they've never played in this environment before, you don't know what to expect. So I imagine there's going to be some excitement, some butterflies. You know, there's probably friends and family in the crowd as well. You, there's, you don't know what to expect at all. So, uh, you have to you have to get into it, and that's why I say I like that high energy type of pressure football to start with because it gets players' mindset just into it, and then they can settle down. I always think the first three things that you do in a game: a simple pass, a block shot, um, you know, a tackle, gets you into the game, gets your adrenaline going versus the nervous energy, um, and then once that ten minutes up, you start to feel the game itself. For you, when you looked at it, is it advantage or disadvantage for Canada having to wait a couple of days before this thing gets going for them? Because that, to me, has been the biggest factor in all of this is just sitting there waiting and watching all of these matches. I can only imagine what it's like for John Herdman and his group sitting there saying, I want to get this thing going, but you've got to wait until, you know, still a couple hours before this gets going, Tommy. Yeah, and I... I yeah, do you know what, Logan? I, th- I think the wait has probably served Canada better because it's allowed for time for Alfonso Davies. I mean, we know what a huge player he is, you know, and to have him as you know a world-class player playing at the world-class stage is massive. Same with Stefan Stacchio. I think you know we we often overlook him because we've got Jonathan Davies and uh, sorry, uh, Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies. Um, but Stefan Stacchio, you know, he's he's the main part of FC Porto's side. He's the key cog in the midfield for Canada. And with these guys being able to give more time to be able to get fit to play, that's huge. So I think the weight has served Canada uh, better in this in this time. What's uh, stood out to you so far in the uh, early couple of uh, days here at the World Cup? I know we've seen a couple of, of massive upsets, but what's uh, stuck out when you've been watching? Well, do you know what? First and foremost, I think we've got to, you know, discuss the uh, Saudi Arabia Argentina game. Yes, I don't think anybody. <laughs> and and when, we're, when we're on that show, I, I don't know who, who picked Argentina. Uh, that would be uh, that would be my uh, co-host today, Matt. Yep, second uh, overall, Tommy. Second overall. Second over. Second overall in the draft picks. I mean, yep. I think only Spain have lost the. Uh, I don't know if I've got my facts right here, but I think Spain in 2010 lost the first game to Switzerland, but went on to win it. But other than that, nobody else has lost their first game and, and, and gone on to win it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Because yeah, <laughs> credit, credit Matt's feeling Saudi. great about that stat, Tommy. He really likes that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you got any other ways to bring down his yeah. morning while you're at it? Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I think, I think the Saudis did great, and they used a high-energy system. They know the landscape as well because, you know, I think they were just a hop across the border. They had a ton of fans in the stands, but... They actually played, you know, a very direct style. They disrupted the Argentinians. And, I mean, the, the tackle at the end on, on Messi in the box was just huge. And mm-hmm. it's a massive victory for them. And I think to have that this early in, in the tournament has, has served well. But I like that one. I loved uh, the English attack. Uh, I thought the English attack, having not won for a while, going into it against Iran, you know, scored some very good goals and, you know, give a resounding victory um, to start it. And, you know, I'm looking forward now. I've just got Germany and uh, Japan in the background and Germans have absolutely been dominant with their style of play. But the Japanese are so disciplined and they've ended up getting themselves an equaliser with, what, 10, 12 minutes to play. So anything can happen, right, in 90 minutes of football. And that's what kind of what I wanted to ask you here. And maybe you see the same relation, maybe you don't, but... I saw that that upset for Argentina, and I, I wondered if that didn't, you know, give some of the Canadians a little bit of extra hope and saying, "Hey, look, 
just because we're here and we're playing some world powers doesn't mean that anything can't happen. That if we play our best, you know, th- these upsets can happen. I don't know that Canada's in the same spot as, you know, Saudi Arabia in that sense, going up against uh, a team like Argentina, Tommy. But is that something that you could see that group, you know, watching that upset and saying, hey, it doesn't matter what the odds are, we're going to have a chance in every single game here? Yeah, massively. And even yesterday, you know, when Australia scored first on France, you're thinking, oh, geez, this this could be an upset yeah. against a you know a powerhouse, um, which I believe was my pick in round three of the uh, of the draft. And the the French came good, right? They came good, and their strength showed through, and they just persisted with it. You know, even today earlier in the group game, you know, Morocco and Croatia tying. That's not a bad thing for for Canada as well, because if Canada can pick up points, it keeps everybody uh, close together in that group. But yeah, yeah, it is. Any anything can happen in this. Um, you know, you get one good result, it boosts the confidence. You know, in a round robin of three, you get one bad result in your first game, and it does give you a mountain to climb. Tommy Wielden Jr. joining us here on the Big Show with Russick and Rose, Sands George Russick, Logan Gordon in today. Tommy's going to be joining us to talk about. This big football tournament down in Qatar uh, for the remainder of the big football tournament down in Qatar. Um, but you just mentioned that draw between Morocco and Croatia. Did you learn anything about those two teams that might influence your thought about how Canada will play against them? And maybe just uh, uh, another thought on, on what them drawing could mean for Canada long term. Yeah, both both are good sides, and hence why they end up cancel each other out. You always know that the Croatians they've got a little bit more um, World Cup savvy because you know they're last year uh, last tournament's finalists. Um, they're very good, and anytime you got players like Modric in the side, you know you're going to be pulling strings. But they just couldn't find a way through the Moroccans. Uh, Moroccans are very athletic. Uh, you know, I think bringing in some of their key players again, Ziyech being back in the in the squad, new coach. Um, I think they're you know they're, they're dangerous, and they come out of a solid African group, right, where you've you got powerhouses like Nigeria not coming through. Um, I think that's important to know that we can't underestimate either of these. Uh, so I think, you know, for me, this is one of the toughest groups in the tournament. Um, but the fact that they've tied does keep everyone closer together. You know, there could be a world in which, you know, Canada could pinch points off of Belgium. And like I said, with, especially without Romelu Lukaku and, you know, Belgium lost to Egypt, who are similar in kind to to Morocco in part of their World Cup preparation. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to to see because, um, I said, I think the longer the game goes on, the more Canada have a chance. You know, if, if Belgium come out starting well and get an early lead, they're going to play with more swagger, more confidence. It just can't allow them to get that control of the game with a goal ahead. And as we're speaking to Tommy, the Japanese side with a massive goal, 2-1 late. This is, uh, looks like we That's might be right. up for an, an upset here, Tommy. I was going to ask you before we yeah. uh, we go on to this here, from a Canadian side, how important is getting a goal early for this team? Just confidence-wise, to get that first one out of the way, we've talked about how long it's been. Most of us haven't even seen a, a, you know, a goal for Canada at one of these. What, what can that do for, for John Herdman's club if they're able to get one early in today's match? Well, well, actually, you know, talk of the Japanese beating the Germans, who are always a powerhouse, is, uh, you know, Canada got an early goal, you know, within the first 10 minutes to get against them when, when they beat them 2-1 and yeah. scored the penalty late in the game. And uh, I really like the, the Japanese, but that's, like I said, if you don't put these teams away and Germans have had a chance, you know, um, for, for me, Canada, and that's the best thing about John Erdman, he, he tells a story, players buy into it, they believe in the, the process, 
And they're there now at the World Cup. One, it's their first time in 36 years. Two, last time they were there, they never scored a goal or gained a point. And there were some close games, even uh, only you know 1-0 game against the French back in the 86. And they had a, a, a very good team. But I think if Canada can get a point, it's their first points they've ever got a World Cup. If they can get a goal, it's the first goals. So these are the small measures you want to do to build your almost like your World Cup trading history so that when 2026 comes around and you know we're one of the co-hosts, we've now started to got that little bit of pedigree. Tommy, um, wanted to ask you as well, just in general, the World Cup is a massive event. It always is. Just watch it on television. Has it felt like a World Cup with the crowds and, and just the spectacles involved? Uh, yes, yes, and no. I mean, I think the stadiums are fantastic. The, mm. the pitches themselves, you know, they're, they're like a golf putting green, aren't they? Um, <laughs> But I, I don't know about the atmosphere. It's a funny one. I can't wrap my head around it because, you know, when you look at some of, you know, even, even the one in Russia 2018, I don't know if it's because, you know, it's in, in Europe and you've got more European fans around. It is always a different atmosphere. I always think of the South African World Cup and the Vuvu Zuelas yeah. that were just that loud noise. Every World Cup host has a different part of their culture as a host, so they offer a bit different. I don't know if it's because maybe the fans are a little bit further back. I don't know if the microphones around the field are a bit... It doesn't feel like the same atmospheres that we've witnessed in the past, but that's not to say that it's in not a special moment for them. It's just, it's, it's different. We've been talking on the show this morning, and we've talked about it with you as well, about uh, motivation. And mm. like Michael Sheen had the great speech for the Welshman going to the World Cup. Oh, and yeah. some of the other types of speeches like that, and we're going to play some of our favorites from real life or from movies coming up just after 8 a.m. And, and recommend that our listeners fire in some recommendations at 960-960. Still uh, lots of time to do that. But, Tommy, for you, you know, when I look at coaching, I, I see that there's two really big things that goes into coaching. One is motivating your players, and two is the X's and O's, the strategy to putting your players in the right place to succeed. The motivating one is what I wanted to focus on. Has that always come mm-hmm. easy to you? Um, it's, it's something I'm probably a bit more natural with because, you know, I, I think I, I like to, I've always liked it. Even as a kid, I was always curious about the why, why do you do this? Why is that? And I think players now, and especially younger players that you know, live in a world of social media that they can search up any fact that you give yeah. and say, well, actually that's not true. You know, <laughs> um, I'm like, you've got to relate to them. Young people, young players, um, young men like to understand why they're doing what they're doing. So, I think if you give them a purpose and you talk from the heart and you don't BS them, you know, they can see right through it. If you're trying to regurgitate Al Pacino's speech from any given Sunday, you know, or uh, Coach Herb's speech um, from the Miracle on Ice. But what they what they do know is is if you get to know your players enough and you know what triggers them, whether it's their family and friends are in the stand, whether you yeah. know they've had a, a tougher journey along the way and, and you talk to them, um, uh, and win over their hearts and minds, that makes it easier because that actually ends up taking over the X's and O's. The X's and O's you work on through the week, throughout the game. You know the opponent that you're playing against. For. So in this case, they know Belgium will play in the back three. They'll have worked on things. They'll have looked at video. So probably the last thing that John Herdman will say is just remind them how they got here. Remind them about their fans and, and friends in the stands that have traveled miles. Remind them about the purpose of trying to get that first goal and first point. That's what he'll do. So he hits those emotional anchors 
and then it comes in. So I think when you capture the hearts and minds, it becomes a lot easier. And then you have to recalibrate any halftime intervention. If you're up a goal, down a goal, or the status of the game, you've got to bring them back into the game with another emotional anchor. What's the difference between a pregame speech and a halftime speech, if anything? Result. Uh, I think you always go in with the nature of the game. Things are changing. If they've gone out and done well, great. You're giving them a reminder and then a challenge. If they're not doing so well and you go go down, you might challenge them in a different way. You might you know pull and probe others. You might have a couple of individual talks with guys that might be off their game. So it all varies based on the result. Tommy, uh, great chat today. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy the match later on. Enjoy the, the family trip as well. And uh, we'll check in as uh, Canada continues their uh, quest for some wins in this uh, group stage of the, uh, the big football tournament down in Qatar. Thank you so much, Tommy. No problem. Thanks for having me on. There you go. That's Tommy Wielden Jr., the manager and head coach of Cavalry FC and uh, going to be analyzing the World Cup with us all tournament long. I said it again. The the global chalice, the global mug, the global mug. That's what it was. I, I keep forgetting. Mug. I like the chalice though. Global, global chalice. chalice? That's, yeah, that's nice. The global chalice of soccer. Canada's gonna drink from the global chalice. Yeah, it's not even a cup. The Earth. It's a lady bowl. holding the globe. The Earth Bowl. Hey, that's you really it, dialed in. This trophy's better than the old soccer trophy. Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the I feel like game. you also can't say Super Bowl, probably. No, like, we can't say that can anymore. We, say, we don't show NFL make me. anymore. <laughs> Jeez, don't say that. Fight me, don't censors. Fight me. They'll, they'll do that with lawyers. You want no part up, of that. Logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better call Saul, pal. They're coming. Uh, listen, we've been getting some motivational speeches on the text line all day long. Uh, the president's speech from Independence Day. That's I like that one. they also throw in the 1996 there. Appreciate yeah. <laughs> you, Texter. Is there another um, Independence Day? I don't know if there <laughs> is, but it's important to note when to look for it. Yep. Um, because like we had people just saying like John Huffnagel's Great Cup speech. And I was like, well, okay, well, we need a year for that. Turns out it was 2008. And we found it. And we're going to play that for you after the break. But over the course of the show, we've all had an opportunity to play some of our favorite pump-up speeches. Logan, what was yours to start the program? Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor at halftime. Brody, what did you have to finish the first hour? Rocky Balboa to his son. Yeah, and then we had a little Ted Lasso uh, to finish off segment number three. And last but not least, last member of our show, our outstanding producer is Patty Dumas. What have you brought to the table? Now, do you want to do the funny one or the long one? Do you want to Let's save do the, the funny the one. Funny I want one? to leave the long one. Okay. That one's a banger. We're getting a lot of requests for it, and we'll close out the show with it so that everyone can be right fired up. Now, it's not for some... going deep with Donovan better. Yeah. And with... then eventually the, the match. Exactly. So this one, this gets you motivated because you're like, you know, this is a funny movie. It's a, com- a comedy. Okay. You might have heard of it. It's Billy Madison. Yeah. Like, what motivational speech is in Billy Madison? <laughs> well, uh, when uh, Miss Lippy is reading uh, the book about how the puppy who lost his way home or whatever it's called, uh, <laughs> Billy has an impassioned speech about the child and what he did with the dog. Um, Here he goes. Whoa, 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 Miss Lippy. The part of the story I don't like is that the little boy gave up looking for happy after an hour. He didn't put posters up or anything. He just sat on the porch like a goon and waited. That little boy's got to think, you got a pet. You got a responsibility. If your dog is lost, you don't look for an hour and then call it quits. You get your ass out there and you find that dog. 
I think it's time to play dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> you cut that very well. Yep, that was good. A lot of requests for uh, for Chris Farley, Matt Foley's character, SNL, uh, lived down by the van by the river. Yep, we have that by the river. We'll yeah, we can play that. Okay, perfect. We'll get that one Farley. in. Yeah, I've got your uh, your Aragorn speech. Yeah, I'm uh, very excited. A little Lord of the Rings for you. Uh, we we might. Uh, we'll see how the this one one goes later on. We'll we'll play it. We'll see how it goes. Okay, uh, a little funny. Listen, we'll, remember the Titans. We're gonna take a break, and we do have to remember the Titans yes. one as well. We're gonna take a break. The break is about six minutes long. So you have a little bit of time left to get a couple of. I gotta record these guys, so get them in. Exactly. We can't just we can't just wave a wand and pull it out of nowhere, out of the metaverse or something made up like that. Uh, so uh, get your get your thoughts in, and we'll try and record a few, and we'll play them uh, all the next segment. You're gonna love it. Uh, we're gonna get you fired up. Canada, Belgium, noon, flames, penguins, five o'clock. Oh boy, it's gonna be a. Hell of a Wednesday, right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.